Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. You know, there are a lot of different kinds of um, augmented reality goggles we have access to because of technology today, different ways of seeing the world. You know, our military uses like night vision and infrared things, you know, to be able to augment the world around them, to be able to see through the dark, be able to see the hot spots or things like that. Uh, they're trying to develop some kind of augmented reality things that the rest of us can wear. They'll give us like some data, you know, real-time data about the world that we're looking at, all these kind of things. So all these are kind of interesting. They, they give us more to see than we can with the naked eye. I think it'd be really cool if we got some like crackerjack, you know, skunk works Vatican team of scientists to make an augmented reality set of goggles that would allow us to see glory. You know, that would be awesome. So imagine when we're celebrating the Eucharist here, as we are praying over the Eucharistic prayer and you slip on your, your, your glory goggles and you're looking at the host and you see the mercy of God ready for you. You have an experience of the profound healing love of Christ that is beckoning to you, calling you. And when you come forward and you receive the Eucharist, and as, as the day moves on, you look down at your veins through your glory goggles, and you can see healing happening in you. You can see mercy restoring you. You can see yourself being transformed, and you notice the flesh of Christ in your own flesh. Imagine as, as Father Ryan and I are hearing confessions over here and, and you can, you can uh, see the back of us and maybe you can see a little bit of the, of, of the penitent around the corner. And as we are praying the prayer of absolution, you don't see us anymore through your glory goggles. You see Jesus Christ, the high priest, and like something like a flood of water coming out of his hand, washing the penitent clean, restoring them to the day of their baptism. How awesome would that be? to be able to see glory. We don't strictly need goggles to do that. And in fact, I think one of the hallmarks of the Christian life is that our faith enables us to see glory when we let it, when we give the proper time, the silence, and the attention to see glory. In order to see it, we first have to make sure that we know what we're talking about, what we're looking for in the first place, right? Uh, I love the concept of glory. I've been doing a lot of Bible study with this. Uh, it's been just kind of a passion of my own personal spiritual spirituality over the last few years. And we're really entering into the season of glory because we're going to be reading a lot of John in Easter. You know, throughout the, throughout the year, we read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, take a year for each one of them. John is the holiday gospel, especially Easter because he is the gospel of glory. He uses this word really more than, more than anyone, and he demonstrates Christ as the glorious one, right? So we're going to be hearing this concept a lot. And what glory essentially is, is it is an encounter. Glory is an encounter that when I notice it, when I notice that I'm in this encounter, I'm amazed. Whoa, what am I doing here? I can't believe I get to be a part of this. You know, and we experience glory with each other, but most especially 
we experience the glory of God. When I, when I move to a deeper level of relationship with you, we pass through this veil into a new kind of glory where I know you really and you know me. We're not just acquaintances. We've become, oh, I can't believe I get to be with you right now. I get to enjoy your company, that, that you know me, that you know my bad stuff and you love me anyway. Oh, it's amazing, right? And these are just little flashes of the glory of God. But that's not automatic. Sometimes we miss it. And that's been the, it's been that way from the beginning. We're celebrating tonight the institution of the priesthood and the Eucharist at this Last Supper. But I, I suspect, as I read through all of the gospel accounts of this, that the people who originally participated in it, other than Jesus, didn't, get to under, didn't, didn't yet see the glory happening there. They had celebrated a lot of Passovers with Jesus. They knew the different food rituals and things like this. Uh, and it was kind of going fairly normal for them for the most part. Had a little too much wine to drink. That's why they're kind of falling asleep a little later in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, that's what you do at a party. All these normal things happening. Of course, Jesus says, this is my body. This is my blood of the new covenant, right? But we're not given any indications that they got the full meaning of that yet there. Even later, after they scattered, it would take... The, resurre- the experience of the resurrection first and the glorious communication of that. But even after that, even in the beginning days of the resurrection, remember what Luke talks about. The disciples are walking with Jesus risen and they didn't see him until the breaking of the bread. And then they said, oh, glorious. We're not our hearts burning. how glorious. He is risen. He is with us. But they didn't see it immediately. Even right after the resurrection, even the original resurrection accounts, people are like, I'm seeing something amazing. I don't know what to do with this yet. I don't know how to process this information. It's too glorious for me. I need to contemplate this for a while. I need to experience him, right? It would take a bit of time and training their mystic insight to see God's glory profoundly among them. But once they got it, whoo, wildfire, right? Read through the Acts of the Apostles. We're going to be doing this all Easter season. The glory of God became manifest so powerfully in the lives of his followers. And they were changed and transformed. This is what happens when we're able to see glory. It changes our life. It changes our mission. These guys who are considering coming into the seminary here, who will be coming in next year, I work with this all the time. I work with guys who have had this experience of seeing the glory of God, hearing this call and trying to figure it out. Lord, this is too much for me to process, too much for me to understand all at once. I need to take time process through this and discern it. How glorious to notice God's love, to notice God's call. And not just the call that's received to uh, priesthood and religious life, the call 
to enter into the covenant of marriage, the call to participate in God's plan of salvation and God's plan of populating the planet through the gift of life. It's glorious to experience God's call in this way. The glory of noticing God's personal call to me to see what's happening in the world, to be of service, to be on mission. This is our response when we see glory. We notice how we are being changed, how we are being called, how we are being sent on mission. So we don't have the glory goggles yet. I'm going to ask the Pope about that one. Uh, But um, get, get some scientists on that. So instead, we have glory training wheels most of the time, right? We have indicators that, that we put out there that say, attention, glory is present. Train your heart and your mind to see this. We have a new one. You might have noticed this coming into the church today. That's pretty glorious. Jesus got a new house, right? He's, he's doing pretty well for himself. He's, he must have camped out on Zillow for a while for something that's nice, right? But what is this? We use art to. Uh, invite people to see glory. There's something glorious about the art in itself, but this is really just a, a milestone pointing the way, saying, if you think this is beautiful, if you think this is glorious to look at, wait till you see what's inside. This might as well be tin compared to the glory and the beauty of what will be housed in here. Even the, even the titles around the top of it, uh, just above the, the doorway there, it says Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth around there. Um, uh, Holy Lord, God of hosts, God of armies, right? That's a glorious title of God, isn't it? God commands this whole fa- phalanx of angelic armies that could lay waste to this entire planet, but that's not how he rolls. That's not what our God does. Glory be to God, the almighty, all-powerful God of the universe exercises his power in humbly serving and lifting up the lowly. This evening, we, one of the most beautiful and profound, glorious moments of this, this uh, celebration is where we reenact Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. And this is an interesting glory that happens because glory isn't always you know, angelic rainbows and sunshine things. Sometimes glorious encounters are shocking. And this is what happened with the washing of the feet. What's Peter's reaction? No, not my my feet, Lord. You're not going to do that for me, right? I had a a, a powerful experience of this uh, in my first assignment when I was a young priest. I was on this retreat and as part of, it was a youth retreat. As part of the retreat, we did the washing of the feet. And there was a group of uh, probably like 10, 15 people and we're in, in a circle of chairs. And the idea was you're washing the feet of the person next to you. So I was sitting next to uh, this teenage girl who had been walking around barefoot the entire day. And her feet were filthy, like real bad, you know? And I'm not much of a foot person to begin with, but I had been through a few, you know, good Holy Thursdays washing people's feet. And so I go and I kneel down in front of her. And I look at that, I'm like, we're doing this, you know? So I, uh, 
So I'm pouring the water and I took that towel and I'm just like scrubbing. I'm like, no, this is not going to be just a perfunctory, just a little ritual. We're going to clean these feet. And she was super embarrassed, you know, because I'm her, her priest is there scrubbing away and she's just like this, you know. And it was really a Peter Jesus kind of moment. It's like, Father, what are you doing? You know, stop. And I was kind of wishing I knew the names of the people who were having their feet washed tonight because I would have called you and said, hey, before you come, like walk around barefoot in a mud puddle and then socks right on. This is going to be glorious for Father Ryan. You know, I, I wish we could have done that. I wish I could have given him that gift, but maybe next year, right? Because this is an experience of glory for Peter. It's an experience of the glory of the Lord for Peter. Because he knew Jesus as master and teacher and Lord and all these things. And in his heart, I believe he was hoping for Jesus as new King David and stuff like that. And so when he sees Jesus at his feet, at his dirty, smelly old feet, his, he did not shower before coming to that dinner. He didn't scrub off those those toes or anything, right? When he sees the one he has come to love and respect so much down there, oh, that's, that's a glory that he has a hard time even looking at. The glory of the servant Lord that is revealed there, right? How glorious it is when we notice that call to service. How glorious so many, uh, so many events of this parish have been. The way you all give service to the poor in providing meals to people. How extremely generous you are to Catholic charities and through your St. Vincent de Paul. Noticing the needs among you. Noticing the glory of the poor. More so the glory of your connection to them. It's amazing. It's beautiful. We don't always see it. We don't always notice it. But Lord, we ask you, as we enter into this season of glory, we ask you to give us eyes that are able by your grace to see what you are doing. Whoa. I think he wants you to hear this part. Eyes that are able to see what you are doing, to delight in your presence, to be healed by your mercy to be set free from whatever enslaves or imprisons us or those around us. Lord, we ask you, help us to notice, to see, and to believe. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.